You'd be Goose Man, right? What's that? You're the Goose. I'm um, uh, who's Tom Cruise? <laughs> Maverick. Is Maverick? You can be Ice Man. Have you seen a new one or no. the preview? It's pretty good. I've seen the preview. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Oh, give me the sound check. Sound check. Sound check. Sound check. Welcome to Water Polo Fit, episode 11. 11 or 12, depending which one we publish first. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, oh, we shouldn't give it away. We'll go with 11. 11. Um, on my left, I got uh, guest host, uh, AJ Roach. Welcome to the pod. Thanks. Upgraded to guest host. Guest host. I was going to say I'm expert. <laughs> I'm moving up yeah. in the world, but thanks, mate. What do you want to be, expert or guest i'm just i'm just happy i got to start mate welcome and uh yeah the co-pilot uh jimmy falzon uh what do you want to play today jimmy we're uh mate we're around the grounds i'm bossy around the grounds today i see for international uh listeners it's a rugby league commentator um andrew was and uh for the melbourne i'm cameron ling on the boundary oh yeah I tell you what, uh, just random thought, lookalikes. Uh, I dare say I thought I saw Rakarudich last night driving in the car. Like It was that said, Ringer. I was going to take a photo, but... Um, you were driving? I was driving. I didn't want to get a fine. Uh, well, how are you going, boys? Uh, enjoying your Bulletproof coffee? Mate, it's good. Yeah. Where's this one from? Mate, uh, Bulletproof has been around for a long time. Essentially, it is uh, a bit of coconut oil, a bit of ghee, uh, organic butter, uh, coffee and just a little bit of milk uh, you mix in. Uh, the idea of Bulletproof is that it's going to give you um, a bit more steady uh, buzz. So for traditionally, if you have a coffee, you might go on a massive high and you got a massive low. Here you're going to climb it up and just going to be steady on. So That's what the fat does, right? By having the gain there and the fat, it yeah. slows down the metabolism of the coffee, right? That's right. And uh, MCT is good for your dome, for your brain. So you might be a bit smarter today. So tell you what, anyone looking for a full-time nutritionist, just give Maz a call. Every time I come <laughs> over here, it's some new gizmo, Gasman, and I walk out of here feeling a million bucks, mate. Mate, here yeah. to make you better. Optimise your performance. Uh, just uh, also with Bulletproof Boys, uh, toilet is um, ready to go as well. So if you're not used to it, you might get a bit of disaster pants. Uh, there's fresh toilet paper there. Speaking of uh, fresh toilet paper, just a random thought. Um, uh, what was the worst... Toilet in um in Australia when you mate Lampton Pool hundred percent yeah the worst toilet paper there as well the bit rough because it's almost like you got the drive up the F one you finally get there you're busting go to the toilet and you got this waxy toilet paper mate uh, I've I've always tried to you know hold, oh, go before I go and then you know number one's in the pool but one day I remember I were in um Italy playing for I was playing with Friday at the time and I, I went to go to the bathroom I don't know I was busting had to go I felt crook and stuff walked in there no toilet paper <laughs> I dead thought <laughs> dead set thought shit what am I gonna do you know what am I gonna do so I ran around and the coach luckily was prepared he told me oh they don't have any toilet paper at some of these pools so you know he hooked me up that day thanks big man so <laughs> what did you do t-shirt or <laughs> No, no, I just got toilet paper off the oh, coach. Yeah, he had okay. a spare roll in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Came mate, well prepared, mate. Um, international worst toilet paper, uh, Kuwait pool, uh, 99 wool, junior world champs. Um, for a similar thing, went to the toilet before the game. No toilet paper, just a hose next to me. So I didn't know what to do. Asked the boys around, you sort of used the hose. But what made it worse is that it was a brand new pool and it put marble around the pool. 
So you walk on after um, just, you know, finish your business, your number twos, with a wet feet on a marble. So oh, it was, uh, mate, I, I did slip over a yeah. couple of times, but uh, after sort of a few days, I figured it out. It was good. A few days. It took me a few days. To <laughs> 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 uh, so today's show is a little bit different. Rather than just doing a full hour of an interview, I think we're going to do a bit of a... Um, more of a magazine-style show today. So we're going to do a little bit of Around the Grounds. Then we're going to talk through some of the um, big issues or some polo problems. Um, then a bit of Golden Goal, anything we want to talk about at the end. But also we're going to talk about our mobility program that we are currently doing with Delfina Sports. Yeah, so uh, we hooked up with uh, Delfina Sports. Uh, they uh, are known for great... Cozies and great water polo caps and product and they also kind of branched out in um, sort of mobility tools like foam roller, massage ball and um, they're doing masks now as well, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah, so we teamed up with them because it's a great tools uh, and we just sort of designed a mobility program that you can find on emails. Are you, what's the deal? Are you pushing them out on emails? Or? Waterpolo.fit. Oh, waterpolo.fit. Um, the whole idea is uh, we're going to teach you how to actually use it. The problem we're trying to solve is that uh, we see a lot of people with foam rollers and balls, but it doesn't seem like no one's showing them how to use it properly. So um, we sort of structure that we attack your ankles, hips and thoracic spines, spine, uh, not spines, uh, with, yeah, ball, massage, massage ball, roller, and then as well as the... Um, We've got some body weight stuff as well that you can do if you don't have the uh, product. So, yeah, um, good good brand. Uh, actually, Jaja, I saw you do a bit of design work for, um, for Delfina. I think that yeah. was pro-coronavirus. I think yeah. I've been dropped off. I've <laughs> 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 been dropped too many meat pies in lockdown, mate. <laughs> what, uh, what, what design did you go with, the, uh, the Cozy design? Uh, oh, I can't remember the Cozy design, but I, you know, I love the, the togs. I reckon they're the best togs and probably the best pair that – I've got, I reckon, the Australian one from um, the Test Series against the USA this year. They were like grouse. I love the design up there. So I think, you know, even Tyler said a lot of the kids afterwards you know, really liked them and there was a big... Um, were, they the, were they the Mulga ones? The indigenous ones? That indigenous yeah, I think ones? it had like a bit of it, like indigenous stuff on it. It's, I don't know, it's, it's really different to the Australian pair that we wear like game to That's game. Cool. But yeah, I'd love to get in the pair of those for like a big tournament. You, you know uh, who gets a start too many times with Delfina? Uh, number one, Joe Keys, like yeah. loves it. But then good old Blake here, Edwards gets a start, gets his rig out uh, with Delfina Instagram page. Yeah, has yeah, has, Tyler hasn't asked him to, has he? It's probably because you've got the best rig in the team, mate. I don't know what that bloke does. I think he lives in the gym, but yeah, I don't know. He's got he's got the start twice. Do you reckon he's got the best rig in the team? Oh yeah, oh yeah, probably. What about Reesey boy? He's uh, he, he can shred up a bit, lean out a bit. Been a few years, yeah. yeah. Dad bod, dad bod, <laughs> dad bod. And Paul Reese has just had surgery as well. I don't yeah, think what? many people know, but yeah, he's just had surgery on his back. So, but you know, what? I've never seen a bloke bounce back from surgery with the same rig. Like when he got his knee done, he went in there shredded as anything. Got his bloody knee done, and he came out and he was just a shred. I'm like, mate, what did you do on the bed? I don't know. You reckon he's having something done there too? Yeah, mate. Bit probably, of the <laughs> <tuck>. <laughs> probably a bit of light bulb or something in there, or a couple he of implants. Because he doesn't really look like Big Phil or BJ, does he? 
No, completely. Different he looks league. more like his mum, I think. And yeah, mate. Oh, big Phil and BJ. I think he'd die for a bit bit of their size. Uh-huh. But yeah, mate. I'll tell you what, uh, Reese and Billy got a lot of attention by our game magazine won Olympics, didn't they? The, um yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, the story goes. You know, this is pretty funny. Billy got put in DNA magazine, right? Anyway, so Squeak at the time was young, and you now we all want a bit of love and, and all that sort of stuff. And then I think I saw I walked into Squeak one day. You know, scrolling the website to see if he got a start as well. A lot of lot of GST on that story, but you know, I love to give it to squeak. <laughs> I think to squeak about that, but yeah, mate, pretty funny. But on the team kit, what I'd love to see is more of young kids buying the Australian team kit, and not just kids, but also supporters. Like, is there a pack that supporters can buy, almost like a membership pack, where they can buy a supporters T-shirt, pair of togs, and a hat, so that every time you play as a national team, like the fanatics that you see at the tennis and everywhere, like, is there a supporters kit that they've got that people can buy? Yeah, at the moment, I don't think so. I think, you know, the only really time that that sort of stuff gets organised, I think, is um, probably for the Olympics. I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Phil organised, everyone to wear the same shirts um, at Rio, and then before that, I think they had in a couple of other stuff, but there's no real consistent stuff like that, you know, and I think it, you know, it'd be unreal. I think it'd be unreal. I think Tyler started selling caps, you know, like when you see the Croatian yeah. team play yeah. soccer, there's always yeah. people in the crowd who got the water polo okay. caps on, and I think they um, sold out last last time we played Croatia, so I think that's a great idea. I think we'll, we'll cover this, and I think we spoke about it, but when you play Croatia few months, it feels ages ago now, it was so good to see Croatian supporters in that checkered kit, and you look around, and we didn't really have much in our stand, right, there was no bright yellow or green, and, or you know, and it should be beyond just parents and friends, yeah. like, it should be any supporters of the national team can buy whatever it is, whether it's a hat, whether it's a cap, whether it's a t-shirt, so that every time you play, a robe, no, like, you just want the kit, don't you, robe is good, <laughs> you yeah. just ask AJ for his kit, <laughs> I've been asking <laughs> since... What was was your yeah. first Olympics? Uh, London. Yeah. yeah, I've been asking for a kit since then. Still got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I have to bring something yeah. over next yeah. time, mate. Yeah. So, around the grounds, a lot happening in water polo at the moment. Um, with restrictions opening up everywhere, there's a lot more going on. Um, just then, you mentioned the Australian Test series against Croatia. We saw the first international game in a while: Croatia versus Montenegro. Um, cricket score. Mate, yeah, mate, that Croatian team. I think, I think they got an unbelievable team. Not to take anything away from Montenegro because they did really well at European Championships this year. I think they got the the bronze, and w- which was an amazing. I think maybe even silver. But anyway, they played really well. But that Croatian team, when they were at World Champs last year in the round games, I don't think I've played against a team for a long time who's played at that high level of water polo. Like everyone in the team can swim so fast. They all know what they're doing. They're all on the same page. I think. They faded out a bit towards towards the end. They probably played too good at the start, but you know I think they're a really really big threat going into into Rio. And you know I, I've got a lot of respect for the team and how they play. As a national team, you've always gone right against Croatia. Out of like when you're playing against sort of the international teams, always you seem to be their bogey team. Yeah, I think you know um, we've actually played yeah pretty well against them. I think we got that win. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't play, but you know, um, at the World Cup, and that was to make it into the top four, which was an amazing win. I think um, Andrew Ford gave Joe that last pass for that beautiful goal to, to basically seal the game. But yeah, we've always played close to them basically ever since Elvis has, has come in. We've lost to them in extra time. We've always played one or two goals, and I think going into World Chance when they dusted us up, they really thought we were the bogey team, so they really prepared hard for us that game. Even at two thousand and 
seven world champs. The Australian knocked them out in top eight. Uh, it was that seventh and eighth, and it's I think yeah. first time in a long time that Croatia didn't make top eight. So, yeah, yeah I feel like yeah, we're definitely a uh, bogey team. That said, good to see international water polo back. Um, some big transfers have happened over the um, the last few weeks. You want to start with a few of the the big Australian ones? So I guess Edwards, Power, Younger. Yeah, it's um obviously awesome for for the boys to go over there. Um, Lockie Edwards, it's, it's a bittersweet feeling for me. Obviously, he's at Tremoyne, and you know, but at the same time, I'm so happy for him to go over there. I think it's going to be you know such a great opportunity for him. I think the lifestyle over there in Bass is going to suit him because he's pretty laid back sort of guy. So, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for him to go over there, and you know, he's going to a club Mediterranean where they've had Australians before. I think Rob Maitland played there for a couple of years, and maybe a few other boys. So. You know what, I think it's going to be a perfect fit for him to go over there. And the Spanish league um, at the moment looks like it's getting a lot stronger. Obviously, Barcelona are, are, are a touch above everyone else, but sort of between that second and, and maybe fifth place team, it's you know it's really, really close. So there's going to be some hard games for him where it's low scoring and, and he's going to have a lot of responsibility in that team. Yeah. And what is this... What does this do for him as a player? Like, he's obviously got big motor, really big skills, has been doing really well in the national team. Where does this take his game to? Mate, it's, it's, I think it's going to be one of the best things for him just because, you know, you're going to have those high-level consistent games over a number of games, you know. It's not like here in Australia, no offence, where, where you might have, you know, two or three tough games a year. You know, you play West, you play Sydney Uni, but over there, you know, on if you have an off day, you can lose to a team that's probably four or five places below you or it can be a one- or two-goal game. So having a lot of those consistent games will just, you know, help him improve as a player and, you know, with a lot of responsibility on his shoulders at, the, at that club, it's just going to make him grow so when he gets to the international level he, you know he won't even bat an eyelid about you know getting in there and doing what he can do and it is a chance to play champions league and definitely land cup yeah but are they yeah how I, does champions i'm league not 100 sure i don't think they're playing champions league but i think there's definitely a chance for him to play in land cup which would be you know Still even good. better again you get yeah. more tough games it's obviously the level's not as high as um as champions league but it's still you know it's, it's still a really tough competition and you know what, if the club's going there, they expect to go far. So, you know, that's an ever element of uh, pressure added, added on you. How's uh, Lockie's Spanish? Does he, does he go good? I'm not sure. A, a fair few of the boys actually learnt Spanish at USC. Oh, so I go. don't know if Lockie was one of them, but if he was, it couldn't hurt him. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, I think there's going to be a fair few Americans over there this year and obviously he'll be with power. So I don't know if his Spanish will be will be tested to the max, but hopefully he comes back with a lick and, and does better than my <laughs> Hungarian. <laughs> Your Hungarian should be better, right? Oh, it should be better, but I'm just it's just shocking, to be honest with you. It's hopeless. My missus is still filthy at me for not knowing anything. So I I probably gotta, you know, get a bit better. Uh you just mentioned there Nathan Power. So where's he gone to and where's he gone from? Um he's gone from Yadra and Split and he's gone to Barcelona, which is literally Stones throw away from Barcelona. It's a, another one of those private clubs on the beaches. And, mate, what a great move for Nathan. You know, he's been over in Croatia, I think, for three or four years now, been an integral part of every team he's played over there and just gone from strength to strength. You know, um, what a great player he's become. So strong in centre-back. One of the best players in the world on the post, in, in my mind, no doubt. And, you know, moving over to Barcelona, I think, is just an awesome move for him. And I think the club has big ambitions this year. I think they finished second second or third last year. They've got a couple of great players. Delegado's there. They've got another centre forward from America. So I think they're looking to play in those European tournaments and, and go far. Cool. 
You look like you had a question, Mary. Oh, no, I was just, I was actually thinking, um, there definitely should be a Barcelona Australian team that will easily field a team because there's so many Australians that played in a team. They just need a goalkeeper, really. And yeah, mate. I, I don't. Yeah, Stanton was over in Spain. I don't know. He'd probably just slide in there for yeah. a bit. He was there for a long time. But yeah, we've got obviously got a great history with that club. Not me personally, but Australia. Yeah. You know, like Nathan Thomas said last week, he sort of opened up the way. Or well, he didn't say it, but he opened up the way for Australians to get over there. And I think you know the Spanish really respect Australians and their style of play. On the back of that, you know, I think you know, I think Rob Maitland played at Barcelona as well. John O. Richie. Reese played there for a season, so I think Whalen and I think maybe even Figioli played there for a year as well. Yeah, so yeah. they've had plenty of Australian Woodsy. players. Woodsy, Woodsy as well. So plenty of Australian players. Obviously, they got a lot of respect for the way we do things, and I think Powell, you know, he's going to live up to those expectations and, and go beyond. Woodsy, when I remember he came back. He came back with a great shot and a really good taste for wine. He just seemed to Mate, be. He a came <laughs> back with some good kit. <laughs> he did have he a good kit. Came back with some good baked beans. Yeah. Good shoes. Yeah. 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 Came well, back, he got, <laughs> got restyled <laughs> over there. Well, he, he didn't. Yeah. He got rid of the New Balances in the jeans <laughs> or what? <laughs> <laughs> Puma zip ups, I think he had. He yeah, had that look in the grass. Um, Aaron Younger, the king. The king. Yeah. Mate, um, yeah, what, what a move for, for Younger. Obviously, you know, I've said it all about him before, but for me, easily top five player in the world now. And to go to a club like Pro Reco, um, you know, the pressure's on there all the time to win. I think this year, you know, I think a lot of the leagues have sort of moved away from having imports and try to, you know, just stick with foreign players. But what a thing to say about Aaron and how good he is to bring him in when a lot of these clubs have that sort of mentality. It just goes to show how valuable he is across all aspects of the game and, and what a big contribution he'll make to that team. Because yeah, Pro Reco, they've completely changed their roster, haven't they? And is that because they're trying to get more Italians in there to try and bolster, bolster I guess, the national team up during that period? Or what's the what's the... Um, I'm not too sure. I, I think one thing, obviously, that I think would come under it would be financial, just because you know a lot of the foreign players, I think you know, cost a lot more. I think like Filipovic, he would have been a fair bit on their books and and thing. But you know, some of the transfers don't make a whole lot of sense to me, especially obviously Joe's my friend, but um, Joe's Joe's left there, but they've um, kept Dobbord, who I, I think it just came to a, down to circumstance where he had another year on his contract, but, you know, Joe's 28, probably got another good five, six years in him, so that didn't make sense to me, but, you know, it makes sense bringing in someone like Aaron who can cover every position in the pool and, and do such a good job. And it's got experience playing at that level as well. Like. Um, mate, yeah, the best, best Australian player ever, won two Champions Leagues, you know, I had like just a dream career overseas, and you know, like obviously thoroughly deserves to be there. It's um, I reckon it's amazing how you know I see Pereco as you know Real Madrid or Barcelona of soccer, you know, and to see Australians play, it's just I don't know. It's mm-hmm. kind of like I, I was thinking actually the other day how when I saw the younger, I used to have a Pereco Cosies, and it was just like it's the best club in the world. Like you know, no matter what, arguably it's the best. And seeing Australians just it just gets me real amped. How, how do we get young kids to watch more of those games? Like I think Joe, when Joe was playing over there, we didn't do enough to promote that we've got an Australian playing in one of the best club sides in the world. And even when Young was playing over in Hungary, like we don't promote our athletes playing overseas enough. Like why aren't we doing it? 
Yeah, and especially like just touch on Murray. It's one of those clubs that when you're a kid that you absolutely you dream. That's that's your goal that you want to achieve. You're like, fuck, I want to play for Pro Reco. That's what I want to do. I remember having the cozies and stuff as well. And mate, I 100 percent agree with you because you know. Joe, mate, every time he played for Pro Reco, he's scoring three, four goals. Like, played amazing. Young, every time he's playing at Friday in the big games, I think he scored two goals in the Champions League finals, scored one of the penalties to, to seal goals it. goals, too. Mate. You've mentioned it before that these guys scored not just goals, like, and it started, like, clutch goals. They're they big really players, count. mate. They're big, pl- world-class players. And when I'm back home, you know, like, one thing that I love to watch is obviously highlights, but I love to watch more of the Australian blokes do it overseas. And... I think we could have done a lot better job. I know there's some copyright issues and, and things like that, but, mate, have you picked out three or four of the best goals across championships? Like Nathan Powell was scoring bangers in there week to week. All the boys would have scored big goals and big games, and probably back home we didn't see it. And it's a, it's a you know, it would probably take you 15 minutes to cut together a couple of clips of them and then put yeah. it on YouTube or, yeah. or on Facebook. So I think we can get a bit better on, on that side of things. But, you know, if kids do want to watch those games, I know there's a lot of websites um, on YouTube like France Water Polo, Water Polo Madrid, who, who have those big games. But, you know, I'd love to see the highlights packages of the Australians over there. Mentioned France there. A lot of big players going over playing in France this year. Why? Yeah, I think, you know, France, obviously with the Olympics coming up in um, 2024, I think they're looking to really invest a lot in their every sport over there and you know obviously it's excuse me gone over to water polo but players going over to france one you know it's a clean cut country everyone does everything by the book so you, basically you know you're going to get paid it's not like you're going to miss a club's going to miss a payment or there's going to be some dramas or anything like that you know you're going to go over there you know what you signed up for and everything's agreed and done um and another another reason is obviously the french clubs have a lot of ambition at the moment you know they've got a lot of um, Serbian players over there. They've got Serbian coach at Noisy. So they've got big ambitions, and I think they want to make some um, make some noise in the Champions League and Lens Cup. And also they got croissants, uh, French fries, and French kissing as well. So, mate, mate, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know too much about the French kissing <laughs> over there, mate, but oh, it couldn't be that bad. I think if you're single. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so who, who are the Aussie boys that are going to France? Anyone? I think yeah, I think the biggest signing probably to come out of there was probably Polanovic for yeah. for Marseille and mate, what a signing that bloke is! You know, what a player! Uh, if honestly, if I had to pick my team, he'd be one of the first players I picked in my team. And if anyone wants to go and watch how to learn and how to play water polo, go watch Polanovic when he's playing for that Red Star team in 2011 when they won the Champions team. Now, not to take anything away from the rest of his teammates, they had a good team, but. They probably had two superstars in him and uh, Pietlovic, but the rest of the team was all solid Serbian players that I don't think a lot of people would know about. And, mate, he just did everything. I think in the in the final four series, I don't think he scored too many goals, but he would have had, like, six assists a game. Yeah. You know, it's just an amazing player, clutching big moments. He's put Australia to the sword multiple times. And, mate, I just I got a lot of respect for him. I think he's one of the best players ever. Pretty big raps. Um, okay, so let's have a chat about some of the other sort of big movements, um, big sort of player transfers in Europe. This is probably more for your water polo nerds more than your, your general listeners. Um, you mentioned bo- before Filipovic leaving Pro Reco, going to Hungary and saying that he's going to go and play in the best league in Europe. Big call. Yeah, probably big. Probably the Italians aren't probably too happy about hearing that it's the best. But in my opinion, I think the Hungarian league's the best 
best league in the world. Um, I think without a doubt. I think they just got a lot more depth through the teams, and I think you know Solnok, what a great signing. I think he's good mate. Um, Shipko Gokic is is the coach out there, and they've got a couple of other um, really good um, Serbians and great Hungarian players in the team as well. So what a signing, what a clutch player to have in your team, and you know um, I think they're going to be really strong this year. Does he throw the ball the hardest? Who's a, who's got a harder shot in water polo at the moment? Oh. Yeah, probably Filipovic would definitely be. I think Figioli would be up there just for pure power. But yeah. Filipovic for finesse, power, and just putting everything on. You know, um, he can shoot around you. He can shoot inside you. He shoots this like brings his arm low, but flicks the ball up for a lot of donuts on the goalkeepers. And it's all fast, all high quality, and it's all in clutch moments. Yeah, it looks looks like um, yeah, he throws it pretty hard. Like you know, TV takes away the speed, but you can tell he's quick because goalie just doesn't move and it just kind of. Put a cap back on. Yeah. Oh. He had the first shot that I saw that was really slow, fast, like slow, 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 and then just whip like yeah. that crack of the uh, the wrist and shoulder, and just suddenly it was in the back of the net. I know when you block it, like he schooled me a couple of times last year. When you're blocking him, you because he's got so many different variations. Like you, you just have to, you know, try and just cover your corner and and, and make sure you're solid because you know, he can go. One time I'm like oh, he's going to shoot round me, so I drop my arm down, boom, straight over my head. Next time I'm like oh he's going to shoot over my head, boom, he shot around yeah. me. So he's a, he's a great player with a lot of variation in his shot. You know, um, just reminded me of being of, of power uh, and kind of a bit deceptive power is uh, Thomas Whalen, like. He, you know he's got a hard shot, but I remember we were playing him down, sitting here down Dorney, and um, he whipped one. And it's like, you know, he obviously had a long arm. So he just, you know, he's coming in. He whipped a bit high, so he hit the top top crossbar, went next to us, and it was a bin. I was on a bench on a pine, and, uh, and it hit the bin next to me, and it actually, it was a metal bin. It actually crushed it. He actually crushed the bin. And so I just went looking at it, just going like, oh, he throws it pretty hard. Like, it was interesting listening to Nathan talk about Thomas's shot. Thomas shoots from almost like as low as possible. Like the water level is not quite at his nose, but he shoots low. Yeah. Whereas most players come up high and rotate through, he shoots from a low position, so he gets all that power if, without the ability to rotate out of the water. If I mean, one thing that I sort of learned from strength conditioning and, and just kind of I was geeking out about it, like you look at the still shots of Figioli, Wayland's, um even uh, Filipovic, you know, that's shots, and you know, like, and, and you just look at how long they are. Like, so it's almost kind of like if you think of like a um, bow and arrow, like the string um, on a, on a, on a bow, like they really load it up. So when they let it go, it just goes. And you know, like it's it's really rare to see someone generating a lot of power from a short range of motion. And not to go back to mobility, but that's, that's such an important thing to work. Not just T spine mobility, but your hip mobility. Because um, if you can't load, well, you'll never explode. So, for those listening, if you you know if you just Google images and Google those players, you'll just notice how actually long they are from you know the left-handed uh, fingers to all the way to the ball. Yeah, I think yeah, mobility one hundred percent is important. Um, I remember watching Whalen at two thousand eight Olympics, and he just scored about so many donuts. And then in two thousand twelve, he was scoring donuts. He had a bomb of a shot. But in saying that as well, I do think it's you know. There's a lot of individuality in everyone's shot. You know, if you look at someone who's got short limbs, like um, probably like uh, Ryder Tracy, short, yeah, um, <laughs> even Peroni. You know, there's still advantages of having shorter limbs. Like it's easier and faster for your body to and your well, arm to get around uh, defenders when they're blocking one on one. But you probably don't have as much power as those long players. You've got that long wind up, and then obviously, well, like you said, go through and just Trent bomb. Franklin, not a long. 
like just didn't have long arms. So however, it was so effective to shoot around you on that. Deceptively long. Yeah. Deceptively long. Didn't look his arms or. I guess those sort of players develop the ability to get the shot off their hand quickly. Um, yeah. They don't have to go. Uh, don't have to have the ball back so far. They get the ball and get it off the hand really quickly as well. Um, other big transfers while we're sort of on this, um, I get the big trends as I mentioned before. A lot of uh, a lot of countries are getting their players to play internally rather than going overseas. The Hungarians have got a lot more Hungarians playing in Hungary. Probably two factors. Not as much money going around, and also um, Olympic year. Yeah, so. and uh, I saw something with the Hungarian. Like I think one of the sponsors of the, like, the condition that he came on to the team was he basically said, "I just want Hungarian players." So I think there's a lot of people in there who want to sort of keep those jobs sort of in Hungary, but which is understandable as well. But yeah, I think you know one of the other big transfers is probably Debrecha Jokovic. Um, he's playing at Olympiakos, left-hander for Croatia, water player, world champion, gold medalist. So that's obviously a, a massive signing for them, and I think they're looking to maybe get a couple of other players like Chuk and and things. So I think you know while clubs are consolidating with you know trying to have their own players, there's other clubs trying to take advantage of that, like Brescia, who who probably want to give Reco a run this year to win the title. So they're going to try and bring in some big name players. Sorry, speaking of long, Jokic, how tall is he? He's like the tallest person ever. Like, I, I honestly didn't think he was that tall until I saw him, you guys playing it uh, at, um, in that test series. That whole Croatian team is just so tall. Yeah, everyone in there is probably like 190 centimetres plus. So, yeah, mate, Jokovic, so tall, long levers and great shot and yeah. just ices the game sometimes. He's a king. Um, any local transfers that we kind of know of? Any other big moves? Um, yeah, uh, I think, you know, probably just maybe some Australian players moving overseas. I think from Dremoy and the girls, I think Danny um, Yankovic is, is moving over to Spain. Um, but I think, you know, most of the Australian girls are similar to last year. I think Pedja brought them all home. And so I think they're going to do their long training camps in in, um, in Canberra. Um, obviously, last year they were, they were looking fit as a fiddle, or every single person in the team. So I think, you know, they're going to amp up their preparation again and, and sort of go through the same thing. So I think on the women's side, most of all, all the players are pretty much back home. And, and the men's, I don't think anything will change too much. It's just, you know, everyone's sort of got to see. And obviously, you've got to declare if you're a junior of the club, I think, by July the 1st or something like that um, with the new point system. So uh, I think things will pretty much stay the same in Australia. Jimmy, you spent a bit of time in Canberra. Um any tips? Any there. tips for the girls moving to Canberra? Any um, AIS? Was it? Bell Holland Mall. Spent yeah. a bit of time there. A bit of mall rats down there. Yeah. Um, loaded up on the um, food. There was amazing. Yep. Yep. Food hall was very very good. Um, good ice baths. Yeah. Did you go on a balloon ride? Uh, no uh, balloon rides. Yep. Um, played a lot of golf. Oh yeah, played a lot of golf. Um, a lot of good golf courses down there. So I'm not sure if um, maybe Australian team should go to Canberra for a training camp. How would you go? How would you go to Canberra? Team. Yeah, I would have been there, mate, for a couple of training camps. And every time I finish, I just think, thank God I got through it. So <laughs> 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 I'm not looking forward to going down there anytime soon. But you know what? It's a week of hell, and then you feel grouse afterwards. So yeah, yeah. true. Big Joe, where's he going to end up? Um, I'm not sure at the moment. I know like a fair few clubs in Europe have, have called him up and contacted him about coming over. Um, obviously, he's got a young family now. Um, his little boy, Joy, is one of the cutest things I've ever seen. So um, I think he's sort of just weighing up his options, what he wants to do with his family, where he wants to live with them, and I think he, he'll probably make a decision in the next month or so, I, I believe. Maybe a hot heat, Wellington hot heat. 
he might be uh, playing for local club New Zealand. I'd love to have him at Tremoyne. Oh, yeah. There was I a big hole there with um, <laughs> with Lockie going. You need yeah. a big centre forward. Yeah, that's right. We've got a big hole missing now that Lockie's gone. So I don't know. We'll see that's what happens. But I'm sure every club in Australia is is desperate to get him because obviously any club he goes to is a is a red hot favourite for the title. Well, Tremoyne is the most cashed up club in the country, so oh, probably mate, our main's the most cashed <laughs> up. Easy, yeah. mate, with a big sponsorship <laughs> from UTS, <laughs> mate. Get us on board. Please, <laughs> mate, Damien's just got to get the checkbook out. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess if, if someone gets Joan now, what they what I think they should be doing is looking at a not just a one year, looking at something over multiple years to try and get him involved in the club and to develop young kids coming through. Um, I think that's what a club should be doing. Yeah, hundred percent. If you if you're going to get someone in there like that, it's you want to have them for a long time. You know what I mean? And even if it's not in so, uh, like a big playing capacity, because obviously after the Olympics, everyone sort of wants to sort of weigh up their options, maybe move on. But even if you had him around coaching the juniors, like he's got so much to give, especially the centre forwards, which is one of the hardest positions and just how to move technically in the water. Like he could bring so much to any club that he went to. So um, I just finished the MJ documentary, The Last Dance. Um, Frothing on it. I know, but... I was I wanted to just binge on it. Anyway, Jimmy, you are a marketing guy. Mm. So one of the things that happened, Jordan, when he was young, he got signed up with Nike and in, obviously with the Air Jordans, he got his own shoe. He would really want a shoe. What would Joe, what would you sign up Joe with? Like what would be um, his product and what company would you go with? AJ, you feel free to jump in as well. I mean, I know Delfina will want to write a checkbook there for sure. Mate, he's a wheat bits kid. <laughs> He'd be a week's bit kid for sure. Yeah, he'd do a box, right? Oh, easy, yeah, he'd easy. Do it. easy. He'd, <laughs> he'd love the, he'd, he'd love a beer company to come along, I think, and give him a, <laughs> <laughs> give him a sponsorship. That's probably not the best look, but hey, yeah, White Bay Brewing Company. Get yeah, on White board. Bay. Got to get him on. on. Got to get a sponsor. But they keep selling out of beer. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a brewery on the peninsula now. Oh, we'll get, we'll get. We might get Joe in there one day, but I know he loves his fishing too. So Shimano, <laughs> like, he might be, he might be like a bit of an ET specialist after on he finishes boat. on the boat, taking well, people out for fishing trips. Shimano would be good. He's, he's got an agricultural degree, right? Uh, yeah, I think he's nearly finished. I think he's just, I think he's got like a semester or two left, so he's nearly finished. But yeah, he agricultural commerce, I think. Yeah, right. So a smart club would be going right. We've got contacts in these different areas. Sign him up. Here's a job. Here's something. Go for it. He's a fishing rod. He's a fishing rod. And a boat. Mate, he could fish at Tawny. Oh, easy. Yeah, During the game. <laughs> Get him on the pontoon, just in, in between quarters. Oh, he can fish off Tremoy and Paul too, mate, if he, <laughs> <laughs> if he wants. Oh, um, recently, the Australian Junior Women's Team. So this is the going to be the team that will go to the 2021 Junior World Championships. And now this Junior World Championships is an under-20s team, right? So I know they kind of switch between 18s and 20s, but this is your traditional juniors, just sort of under-20s. Under ben Lees is coach. Have either of you two had much to do with Ben? Uh, I think I might have played against them early days, maybe. Queensland bloke, yeah? Yeah, yeah. so Ben yeah. was the – he was the Queensland coach when I was going yeah. through. So he coached – Related to Daniel or no? No. Oh, okay, sorry. No. Um, so he coached all of the Toby Jenkins, um, Damon Dimitrovich, um, just before I think um, uh, Billy Miller and those guys sort of came through. Um, really successful group, sort of early Robbie Maitland, that kind of group, um, but also worked with Irkin with that under-20s team that came through. So with 
with Nick, with Thomas, with all of those guys. And he was the assistant coach there and was a brilliant foil um, for Erkin during that period. So I think it's amazing that he's back coaching um, Australian junior teams. Obviously last year or the last um, National League there was, he took the Queensland girls team to a, um, to a championship. Um, and there's a few pretty famous faces in that team, or names anyway. So there's Jamie Oberman, Jolly Marsden and Nyaka Thomas. So. Yeah, it's great to see that. Uh, I haven't had too much to do with, with Ben, but obviously, like you just said, he's done a great job up there with Queensland, especially winning the, the title last year with the women's side. And it's all obviously awesome to see, you know, Oberman, Marsden and, and Thomas, those famous names. Obviously, it's sort of a bit cyclical and their kids are now growing up and, and starting to play in these junior Australian teams. So, And I think, you know, from everything that I've heard and, and what I've seen, and they're all gun players. So I think Australia got like a red-hot chance in, in this age group to do something special. I saw the squad's pretty big at the moment. I think it was like 40, 40 girls. So mm. obviously they're going to cut it down. But, you know, it creates a great environment for competition. And then so they're ready to go once uh, once they get to the World Championships. Yeah, it does. And it means that there's, like you said, a lot of competition, but also a lot of opportunity there. Um, I saw there's a lot of Jermoyne girls in there. There's a few Balmain girls. And it, it's good to see. Good to see a lot of local juniors in there. Are they a chance? Or we don't know. Are they a chance to win? Yeah, they should be. Yeah. That's based on no knowledge whatsoever. But they <laughs> should be pretty good. Some of the last names. Yeah, yeah I, I, from what I've seen and what I've heard, I think they've we've done a little bit better. I think Doody, um, the coach of the uh, – oh, he used to coach. He's the assistant coach of the women's team now. Took him to a fourth in, in Belgrade um, a couple of years ago. So I think they've got a really talented group. Um, but, you know, at the same time in saying that, a lot of these, like, Eastern European countries has been investing a lot more in women's sports. So I think the, the level on the women's sides, especially in Europe, has, has rose quite substantially. And, and obviously, America, mate, what a, that's just you know, so many players over there. And in high school, it's all a way to get to college. So they've obviously got such a great system. But hopefully they get over there and, and do a really good job. Yeah, for sure. Right. Uh, the last thing on Around the Grounds is... The Australian Sports Commission, I don't know what they're called now, um, mentioned, uh, announced that they're going to put $54 million into funding for Olympic sports between now and what could potentially be Tokyo next year. Um, um, sorry. Go on. I was, how much did you get, AJ? I don't know, 54 mil? Oh, yeah, mate, a couple I, of mil? I wish I got a bloody 5% cut, mate. I'd be <laughs> flying. <laughs> Uh, where does that money go to or is that kind of being worked through at the moment is that just kind of the headline and they work through where that goes to or what is that how does that support you as an athlete um yeah i think it's yeah it's it sounds like a lot of money and obviously it's a really sensitive time you know like everyone in the economy needs as much money as they can get and they decided to invest a bit of money in sport which you know for me is, is really good but i understand people from the outside who, who, who question it but Obviously, fifty-four million sounds like a lot, but then when you spread it across how many Olympic sports there are, and even if you just think of uh, Ollie Roos, the, the soccer team, there's probably about twenty-five people in that, and imagine their preparations and the cost for that. You know, flying twenty-five to thirty people over overseas for a tournament, then back. So, you know, I think Australian water polo airfares are in the hundreds of thousands a year, but there's hardly anyone compared to a to a big squad like that. So, while you know, it, it seems like a bit of money. Obviously, where they spread it out and where it goes, um, you, you're not too sure. And I think a lot of the sports that are that are a metal metal chance, uh, I think is what they call it. They sort of give them um, a lot more funding, which is understandable because they've you know done really well and achieved high levels. So 
whether that how much is going to come to water polo, I'm not sure. But anything that comes, you know, is welcome because we want to put our best foot forward. And you know, I think the women's team will probably get a fair bit because they've been identified as a medal chance. So we'll see. We'll see what happens and where it goes. But you know, obviously at the same time, I don't care. I'm a big fan of Australian sport, and I want to see everyone in Australia do well. So I think it's a great, great thing for Australian sport. They should give everyone fifty-four million spread across the board, but then it should be another fifty-four million that you can just grab. Go to the casino and just do your best. And if you keep winning, you just keep it all. Or even better idea, fifty-four million against everyone in a massive poker game. Actually, you know what? One whole of fifty-four million, just poker game against all the sports. Winner keeps all. Yeah, who would you pick from what team to play in that poker game? You don't want Adam someone Richardson, hundred percent, without a doubt. Richo, hundred percent. Mate, he'd have the money in his back pocket before the game started. The only thing is, like, everyone would just be thrown off because of how cranky he is the whole time. You know what I mean? Everyone would be sitting around the tight. He wouldn't smile the whole time. That's good, <laughs> the though. Time Poker face. Yeah. Um, we'd get the money in the bank account. It's like, there's 48. <laughs> I thought it was 54. I didn't get all of it. Yeah. <laughs> really? Would he have glasses on as well? No. No, it was just no, that's no. right. No, just Gambler? Crocodile eyes. You stare yeah. him down, mate. Yeah. Oh. So that solved our funding problem. Mate, it's just was. easy. It'd be fun. You put it on TV, Channel 7 can sponsor it. How good would it be? You're an ideas man. Give me a gig. Get rid of Big Brother and put the poker game on. And then, and then actually put... Everyone lives in the Big Brother house, so there's a bit of tension after as well. Mate, just give me a gig. Mate, you need one of these coffees before every pod. <laughs> I know. I told you, bulletproof works. Uh, anything else on Around the Grounds you guys wanted to cover off? Um, did we want to mention the Cap 7 and Beach 4's merger? What does that mean? Well, they've just joined forces as one company now. So from what I can see, they'll be doing um, doing training camps, doing more things to, to grow the sport. And oh, I think we cool. shouldn't be doing anything to promote people that are trying to grow the sport. So um, so does that mean Delfina and Waterpool Fit will merge and have um, pairs? Like yeah, promote, promote pairs and promote maybe. scrimmage? What are the Cap 7 balls like? I prefer the Macassas. Your traditionalist. Um, yep. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know what I'm allowed to say. Australian water polo might get a bit peeved. But, yeah, I don't know. The Cap 7 balls, I think the more you use them, the more you get used to them like any ball. But they're a little bit heavier than the than the Macassas. But at the same time, they probably got better. Oh, the grip's probably similar, but I think the grip, you know – on both boards wears out pretty quickly. So I've played with Macassas most of my career, and so I'm pretty used to that. But I don't think the Cap Seven balls are bad at all. I really like them. I've got one in my in my car. It's pumped up, ready to go. So yeah, uh, we've got to use probably the Cap Sevens a little bit more. But you know, when at the end of the day, when you start using them, it doesn't make too much difference. My only issue, and it's probably not an issue, but my only issue is like if you're playing Olympics with Mikasa, you should play with Mikasa. Like, and I don't know it's maybe some people will go like, oh, whatever, it's balls a ball, but. I don't know. Like I, I remember we didn't have a cap seven, but we had uh, Epsom's. Is it Epsom? What was the Euro ball? Yeah, no grip. Yeah. That was terrible. Yeah. And then there was um, there was another brand that was floating around a bit. Mate, do you remember Cronulla used to play with the Contis? Contis, that's right. They were heavy. They were so they were, heavy. They were rocks. The um, you know what the best ball was? Sydney two thousand. Sydney Uni ball. Sydney Uni balls. <laughs> Sorry, Sydney yep. Uni, if listening. Yep. Uh, Mate, no, all clubs got given some, but they just seem to have an endless supply. Yeah, the best the was uh, they used at Sydney Olympic. They were the yellow Macassas. They were 
the best balls I think I've ever played with. Yeah, I used to love the yellow macassas too. Yeah, they were so good. Because yeah, they, were, they were a bit heavier than the um, the colourful balls. Remember the evolution? It was the yellow. Then it was that uh, kind of uh, Highlight, greeny. Highlighter yellow with the blue. Yeah, that one there for yeah. World Champs. I think it was 2007. Yeah. And then they went to kind of black and yellow. Would we just have those ourselves? That, 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 that was the heavy ball. Was that? And then it was like colourful. But you know, yeah. did you know why they went to colour? The, why they changed the colour? Make it more probably look better for TV, so TV. you can see the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so. I reckon one of the best balls I ever used. I think it was a Waterfly, and an Epsom was the branding on it, yeah. and it used to have like a bright orange strip in the yeah. middle, and then two yellow, and they were a little bit smaller than Macassas. I remember we used them on a junior trip one time. I bought one straight away. I love those yeah. balls. They were the probably the best balls that you know I used. The worst balls ones when you you know when you do throw them. Through the bounce shot, it just gets stuck in the water. Did you guys have that? Nah. that, that? Yeah, no, <laughs> maybe, maybe when I was twelve, mate. But it was funny talking about balls. Um, when we talked to Raymond Fodor, he was talking about his '95 World Juniors. They played with the small balls, so they played with a size four as opposed to a size five. And now that '95 team was pretty much the team that went and played in Sydney Olympics, Athens. So the three-time gold medalists playing with a small ball. Like, could you imagine that team playing with a small ball? It'd just be bombs. You'll get some swing, though, wouldn't you? You'd get some reverse swing and that as well. It'd just be bombs going out. Imagine Big Kish coming up and just (laughs) throwing one of those. Uh, Yeah, I'd hate to be in goals. I'm surprised Raph ever went in goals again. Could you imagine? You'd be a lunatic to be in goals, I think. You just close your eyes and hope for the best. Now, I'm all about different balls, different technology. uh, But, yeah, for me, my 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 only thing is, and... I'm not. I'm not even playing, so it doesn't really matter. But is it, if you're playing competition, but that's it. For years in Europe, under all land tournaments, they've always used waterfly. They've always used different yeah. balls, and most European teams have done pretty well at the Olympics. What is the technology? What else can you do to the water pole ball to make it better? You reckon? Well, yeah, I've I, I got no idea. I, I Really? I think technology that can be used in, in water polo probably in the next level is trying to put like a tracker in, in the players. I think yeah, that would be sweet. probably the next step because every big sport now has it. And, you know, it usually when we do water polo, um, afterwards everyone does the same warm down, but then people might not have done yeah. the same amount of minutes. And so if we got those trackers in, I think it'd be a bit easier to measure how hard people are going and, and what they're doing and, and then sort of adjust the sessions or, got, or what happens I, on in that. I got one for you. Bulletproof's kicked in. Um, there you can get these med balls now that are for training that you can bounce against the wall and tell you what power uh, you're doing it. I reckon the ball, there's got some sort of chip that you can throw and it connects to your phone and tells you how fast you're throwing it. Yeah, I think they got the speed gun as well, mate. No, nah, it's too, too, you know, you need two people for a speed gun. Yeah, 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 mate, that's it. Another good idea, but I think, you know, just water polo hasn't got the cap. Oh, now we do. We get yeah. the 54, 54 million mil. there on the yeah. poke. I mean, we'll, we'll be right, boys. <laughs> now, Richard, I want to speak. But how good would that be when we do have TV, when we do have, like, um, primetime games to have the speed tracker? Oh, how fast that was. Oh, mate, I remember in 2007, World Champs, they had it, and the best camera angle of all time was that that one behind the goalkeeper. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah, they put yeah. it on a stick behind yep. and then you can yep. see the fat donuts and then they had the speed on it as well. Like, I loved going to, like, watching all the games on telly there and, and just seeing how fast the, the big boys were throwing it. There's been a few times you're watching, you like, duck. Like, when <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, I like, I, I'll be all for it, but I'm glad I didn't have it or they don't have it while I played because you wouldn't want to be the bloke with the slowest shot and... Uh, so when you play those well. golf days where they have the the um the speedo there, yeah, your name's always on the board. <laughs> 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 oh, good. Um, so that's around the grounds. 
Um, what do we think of the segment, Marin? I liked it. What do you think, Ajay? Yeah, great, I saw, yeah. I'm just stoked to be here. I just yeah. hope we get a little bit of a like, 54 mil, mate, to be unreal. Yeah. Mate, I'm telling you, poker game, and we're sweet. Polo problems. Ah, water polo problems. New segment. Uh, we had a few people kind of discuss this, and I think it's even a hashtag. And um, I think water polo, for those that play water polo, can probably relate with a lot of the problems. Uh so we got a f- we had a few stokers right in, uh, so we can probably did cover. You, did you have any you wanted to cover off? From the I had a few, no, but I, just, I, I had a few. I'll, I'll, I'll say mine for the end. I'm a bit embarrassed to talk about mine after seeing the, the actual questions. The questions. Yeah. So um, first one was chlorine. Um, was that it? Was that a question? Was just chlorine? My chlorine in eyes. Now you had a solution to this, didn't you? Like if I remember a few years ago up in Brisbane, we talked about it with Tim. Yeah, so there's a couple of ways you can do it. Uh, number one, just keep your eyes closed. Yep. So just don't keep your eyes open. Uh, that's a probably the easy one. Yep. Uh, the probably second not one, recommended for like anyone that takes the game seriously. No, no, you just just got to time it. Just, you know, just save yep. your eyes. Yep. Tell you what, speaking of chlorine, Jermoyne Pool, the worst. It has to be worse in the country. Yeah, it, it's pretty heavy at Jermoyne, but I think... One thing about chlorine, the more you swim in it, I think you do your body does get a bit used to it. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt still, but you sort of get used to it. And I think you know it's a good way to try and swim with your head up it was um, so throughout the game rather than just putting your head in, going hammer and tong. So I know try and just swim with your head up and maybe you'll get less chlorine and more observation yeah, of the game. More awareness of what's going on. And, and Marin, what was your other, what's your other tip for chlorine in eyes? Mate, uh, the other one is uh, just put a bit of Gatorade in your eyes, or a bit of a bit of Endura. Uh, I'm a, I'm a friend of a show and uh, an old teammate, Tim Hamill, uh, didn't appreciate that one. Uh, it was funny uh, seeing him. I think it was orange Gatorade as well. Did he actually well. put it in his eyes? He just, his eyes were corked in Brisbane and he said, pass me a drink bottle. So I, I didn't know. I thought it was just water. It happened to be a Gatorade. So he just squirted it <laughs> right in his eyes. <laughs> and it was cranky. I think we lost the game, so it was a bit cranky pants as it is. <laughs> Getting Gatorade in your eyes was not did not go down too well. So yeah, there's always been the milk. Have you heard the milk yeah, trip? Yeah, they yeah. say the milk trip, or you can get those eye drops. But I think, especially if you're training, just try and gut it out because then your eyes will probably get a bit more used to it. I tell you what, you shouldn't do is wear goggles at training, like as in when scrimmages. I mean, a it's dangerous, and b it looks so bad. Do people do that? I've seen it. I've seen people do it. Maz would have been one of them. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll put, you put your goggles on, they put the goggles on, and they put a cap over the goggles. Oh, yeah, good luck. Yeah, so not no, no, my favourite. Not good for a goalie either. While we're on chlorine, stinky chlorine smell. Oh, yes. What does it smell like? <laughs> chlorine? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, chlorine. <laughs> Eddie, get rid of it. Oh, mate, I don't think it. I don't think it, it goes away mate, To be honest like I've had days Where I've gone Out at home bush Showered I've been going to work And if I start sweating At work oh, You just smell of chlorine So But I you, get chlorine get yeah. you get a chlorine sweat You get a chlorine sweat yeah. Yeah. yeah That was shocking yeah. yeah but when you had that deal With Di Lorenzo You smelled good then Didn't you I had to mate I had to put me best Bit of a plug for Lorenzo They're online now You might get a gig again Oh mate yeah. so, so I was trying to set it the up retail. Mate, great. It was a mate. leading question <laughs> mate, Actually The product there is unreal oh, yeah, it's It good, did, did wonders for me Oh yeah So thanks very much guys Yeah very good uh, yeah, the chlorine, not the best one. Um, we didn't have that problem with Dorney. Uh, we had a uh, rainfall and all other stuff to deal with. But I'll tell you what, seriously, I never, I've played a Dorney for a long time. No chlorine, no heating. Never had any ear infections or any tinea or, or anything. Or lice. 
Oh, oh. I never had lice bites. In chlorine? No, in Dawny. see. Oh, oh, mate, I got hammered by lice. Oh. <laughs> oh, I mean, crabs, lice, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Same a different thing. story. <laughs> I think you got to get around to get those ones, mate. <laughs> did you, did you one, of your, one of your topics was dating, wasn't it? Mate, one of my problem was dating, actually. And I was going to ask the two, uh, one bloke that's married, three kids, another bloke that's got a baby or a girlfriend, to have some tips. I just, you know, I feel like being a young athlete, it's hard to, um, uh, you know, get a day. You're training in the morning, training at night, you're tired. So I was just wondering if you boys had any tips for dating since you so obviously kicked the goal. Jimmy is 100% the person to talk. I had no idea. I had absolutely no game. I think Jimmy used to absolutely, he's married now and settled down, but he used to carve up back in the day. I think it's a different ball game now, man. You've probably got more experience on it than us. Uh, I'm not playing water polo anymore, so it's a bit different. I was just, it was more for water polo stokers and dating. I'll tell you what, the hinge, um, Tinder, um, whatever, just haven't stopped pinging the whole time, (laughs) man. Marin's phone's here, so I don't know what he's asking us. Nah, I'm not sure what's going on there. What's Bumble? (laughs) Um, but yeah, any any tips and uh, any what was your go-to? Oh, mate, um, I, reckon all, I reckon all my tips will be outdated now. But mate, good afternoon date. Yeah. yeah, fit in around your schedule. Make time for it. Would you invite your girl to the game? Like, what's uh, what's the deal there? It's always the awkward one. I think if you have a girlfriend, it's not a water polo girlfriend to bring it to the water polo, introduce you to um to yeah. the stands, explain the rules. Yeah, not initially. Yeah, not initially. It takes time to to invite them down. Let them um, enjoy the aura first. Yeah. The only thing, I think this is what Maz used to do. He used to invite them down, but made sure they weren't playing that good a team. <laughs> <laughs> then have about 30 yeah. shots in the game. So the chick thought he was the Mickey Mouse, and then, you know, I probably helped him, yeah. <laughs> helped him along. Why were you in and out so quickly? <laughs> just uh, it's, it's a fast yeah. game, babe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, you know, I mean, uh, Dorney was good with a bar. So you can, you know, have a few champers and, you know, they can relax and get into it. So that was my tip. Um, yeah. I, I think it was terrible tips, to be honest. Like, it didn't help. But if you got any questions about uh, dating tips, please send them through. To Marin. He'll <laughs> <laughs> even write the messages for you on Tinder or Bumble, whatever. You can we'll, do it all this way. We'll, we'll proofread it for you. Um, yeah, that was my water puller problem for this week. Uh, there'll be a few more coming up. Uh, AJ, have you got any... Um, Water polo problems? Um, not that, uh, that I can think of on the spot. I can see some of the things that people have written in. I think the weak shot was was one of them. Um, you know, I think if people listened last week to, to Nathan Thomas, I think that's a gr- some great advice about water polo and how to strengthen your shot and trying to break down the mechanics of each part. Um, I'm a big fan of having the wrist really strong I think you know your wrist adds so much to Marin's just laughing here but it's <laughs> absolutely you know you can't contain yourself I think it just adds so much to your shot you know a lot of deception a lot of extra power onto it so I think you know I think Irkin and Jahanga used to always do these drills before you got in the water. You had to go up against the wall, keep your face probably you know, a centimetre, two centimetres from the wall, extend your arm fully and then just throw the ball against the wall a hundred times. And, you know, it hurt, actually it kills after a while, but I think it really does help with the with the wrist and the strength of your shoulder. What about med balls? Are you a fan of uh, med balls, dry land med balls or just med balls? That um, I think, yeah, but you've got to be careful about how heavy they are. Yeah, I think call. they're really, they're, they can be really beneficial. I know that um, Azevedo used to do a lot of work with one of the small balls that was one or two kilos and then just throwing that against the wall um, on one knee. Um, I think that's really helpful and it obviously helps with a lot of variety, but I think that 
doing those things, you know, you get a little bit more confident in your shot and do a lot of shooting as well, you know. But when you're shooting, don't just go through the motions. Do it every single time, you know, 100%. Yeah, no, it's a good call. Uh, another thing that we, we did talk – we talked about this when you were last on the pod, but someone's asked the question about how to talk to your coach when you don't get played. Um, and I think you, you touched on it before, just having that open dialogue with a coach. Um but yeah, any tips for? Well, first of all, get your splinters out. Yep. Get a uh, get the splinters out from um, from your backside, yep. and then uh, uh, look. Uh, I'll probably maybe buy a box of chocolate um, or maybe a case of beer, depending what uh, who the coach is. Maybe Mate, flowers. You're not having coffee <laughs> before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I think the first thing you got to say is like, no coach doesn't play people because they don't think every coach wants to win. Right, so every coach is trying to do what they think is best to win a game of water polo. I've never met a coach who's gone, "Oh, I'm not going to play Marin just because I don't like him, even though he's going to win me the game." Yeah, hundred percent. Like some of the best players in the world have been absolute, you know, pricks. You know, and basically the coach might not even see eye to eye of him, but of course he's going to play like, like uh, Jimmy just said, they want to win. So um, my thing would be one hundred percent. I know it's hard, and it's always hard when you're young to have those sort of conversations. It's confronting. You don't want your friends to make fun of you saying you're sucking up to the coach. But you know what? If you want to get better, try and just shut out all that outside noise. Go up to the coach. And I would actually try and speak to him to get, okay, why? what do I have to do to get more game time? Don't go up to him and say, why aren't I playing? Because then you just sound like you're whinging and automatically he's going to be like on the back foot about it. Just be like, okay, what do I, what do I need to do? What areas of the game can I improve? And then if the coach actually sets you some goals... If he sees down like two, three weeks that you start to achieve those goals, he's going to feel good about himself. He's going to have a lot more trust in you and he's going to feel proud about you that you went on and worked on these things behind the scene or at training. And then obviously from that, he's going to be like, well, you know what? This person's improved so much. He's going to give us a better opportunity to win the game, he or she, and he's going to play you more. So try and have those conversations, but don't just have the conversation. Try and get some little set goals out of the conversation which you can work on and think about at training and then I think just work really hard on it and then hopefully he sees that you've you've done that and, and he'll put you in. I, I think I'll totally agree with everything you said. Um, so asking the right questions. But on the flip side, as a coach, you also got to give a good answer. Like I think it's nothing worse when a coach says, oh, you just get better defence. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it even mean? Yep. You know, like, so, or, or you need to, like, you know, like, you're not defending, like, so I think if coaches are listening to this, you also got to give good answers. So, you, yep. you know, you give me specifics to work on. So, as AJ said, I can spend two weeks on that, work on that, and then off we go. But as I have seen it, and I've heard it, like, you know, when coaches do talk about it, so like, oh, he's not a good defender. And so, well, what does that mean? Like, is it his, his fault? Is it someone else's fault, maybe? Maybe it's not. That actual thing, so yeah, and hundred, and even when I'm coaching, like for me, if an athlete comes up to me and asks me what they do, one, I already know they're keen. I know they want to improve. I think their attitude's like a hundred times better just from having that simple conversation. So, you know, I think it's really good to go and ask them. And even if you are playing a lot, you can always get better. So even then, have a conversation. Yeah, and what uh, we got a lot of feedback from your the last time you were on the pod was about your role changed in different teams that you played in and when you'd already been to an Olympics then you went over to over to Europe and played in a club side that was pretty good and your role changed you went back from being one of the stars of the team to being a, a grunt worker and you just went okay well that's my role and that's what I need to do so it goes back to that purpose and role that we've spoken about a lot 
knowing what the purpose is and knowing what your role is in that team. And and the beauty of our sport is that that role can change in an instant in water polo. Um, someone might get three exclusions that the coach didn't expect and you've got to have the ability to, okay, well, my role was going to be going up and down the left-hand side, but now one of the left-handers is injured, so I've got to change side at the drop of a hat. You need to adapt and change to the environment. Uh, totally. I, I agree with both views for once. <laughs> um, are we going to address all the questions? We don't need to do all of them. But all right. um, Can you remember which ones uh, we didn't? Oh, I love this one, facing off against your enemy team. That's the best. How good is that? I don't think that's a problem. I think that's the beauty of yeah. sport. A hundred percent. I think that's mm-hmm. like, they're the games that you just you live for. I remember when... Yeah. 18 and under 18's team at Dremoyne. West had the had a really gross team, and we used to play on Wednesday nights. It used to be the honestly the best night of the week. I remember just going down there, being like so excited to play. But obviously, sometimes you can be a bit too amped up. Yeah. But you know, they're the best game. You just, it shouldn't be an issue. You should be looking forward to that the most. What was that? Did you watch a movie or did you watch listen to music before those games? Did you, did you what you know? What did you use to kind of get even more amped? Um, oh, yeah, I, I, I spoke about before, probably when I was a bit young, I probably got two amped, but yeah, I don't know, I used to, I don't know, listen to music, talk to talk to my mates about the game or, or whatever, but just, you know, try and be ready to, to play. And then when you walk in the pool and you see the opposition, like, did you have a strut, do you look at it, make eye contact, what what do you, do, do you do, is any intimidation, like, I'm here ready to play, do you play, like, do you twirl a ball on your finger to just go, oh, look, I've got skills? Yeah, I, I... I've heard some weird stories about coaches making the whole team take their shirt off and walk around the pool and, and things like that. I personally, I just think that's weird. Um, I just think, you know, each in their own. If you feel comfortable doing doing that, do that, go for gold. But, you know, I, I just, you know, I think Australians are a bit more modest. You know, they don't like to talk it up as much and, and do all the bravado sort of stuff. But, you know, I think, um, you know, for me it was, you know, just get into the pool and, and try and get my job done, not try and, you know, talk it up too much because then if you talk it up and you play, yeah, you know, you don't play good, it's a long fall down. My first year in National League, um, I was on 18, 19, and we played Melbourne, uh, in Melbourne. So you're playing for the Kiwis? Playing or? for uh, Black Caps, uh, what do we call? Black Fins, I, I can't remember what we call. Anyway, uh, I heard about Juggy, that he's been a bit of an aggressive player. <laughs> And I, I didn't know anyone, you know, I was just there, I was young, I was, I was growing, <laughs> whatever. Isn't, this isn't going to win, hell. <laughs> so I was walking, I was walking past the Victorian change room, so they were warming up and, and I was just kind of, you know, just kind of glanced over and this bloke was just like staring at me, just like yeah. proper, like full on following me. And I just remember getting so scared and going, what's wrong with that guy? Yeah. And then I realised who he was when he belted me uh, not long after that, but it worked, it was good. But then yeah. after the game, he comes to you with chicken wings. Yeah, that, well, you that made your food. Well, that threw me out more. <laughs> What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> yeah, Juggy was yeah. a was a killer. I remember he just used to clean blokes yeah. up. And I spoke to one coach that coached him in Croatia, and he loved him. He just thought he was like the best thing ever for his team. He'd go in and just bash blokes. So, yeah, and, and he could take it as well. Like yeah. he used to get flogged, and then he'd give it back just as much. So I reckon he was one of the tough, tough didn't players. He, didn't he bit Ivan Perez? Oh uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know a hundred percent, but yeah, I've heard the rumours. That's savage. That was scary. Oh, that's got some. Go- those yeah. two going at it some weight oh. there. Yeah, was it rugby league? They slap each other and stuff as well. Is that? I think that was way back. Would you apply that if you're coaching? Just get blokes to just kind of keep slapping each other so the other team can see any other intimidation tactics. I, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, no, no good. Yeah, I used to hate people like to touch. I even hate before the game. Like Andrew Ford, you know, he's a big dude. He's like Jack. 
he, before the game, when you give everyone a high five, he like gives you a high five and then gives you like a big pat in the back. I hate it because it hurts. Fucking <laughs> 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 stop doing it, Andy. Yeah. You know? it, it hurts. It's, it's like, and it's a big slap when it gets him going. But, you know, I'm withering in pain for the next 10, 15 <laughs> minutes from the bloody wealth I've got on my back. <laughs> uh, well, is that going to change with Corona? What's uh, Are you going to use a Corona excuse next yeah, I time? I think I might just start fist yeah. pumping Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andy on, that, on the way through Mate, now. Keep a metre and a half, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Oh, let's save uh, the rest of it. Some good ones here. I mean, well, our last one, Fat Face and Water Pull Cave. I, I just, that's one of my favourites. How were we? Well, I had the opposite problem because I've got a skinny head. Yeah, you do have skinny so head. So the cap used to cover most of my face and I used to have this giant string down the bottom. Like yeah. Any tips on our fat face in a water pull uh, cap? Maybe? My cap used to always constantly somehow get off my head or my big borrowed would be showing. But I don't know. I think you got to write into salad about, you know, cap face because everyone reckons he looks like Jude Law. And yeah. he looks even more like him in the yeah, cap. Does, so, you know, I think he's got that down pack. So, mm-hmm. whoever wrote in that question, just shoot Salad a quick DM yeah. on, on uh, Instagram and, and see how he does it. My uh, my tip would be probably a bit of face paint. Uh, so, to find out if you're playing a blue or uh, white caps beforehand <laughs> and just kind of. I, I would love to see this bloke <laughs> with the American like black swipes <laughs> under his, his eyes. eyes. I'd just be thinking, what is this Derek doing? Wait, no, I reckon he's done it. 100% he would have done, done it. done the black under the eyes. Me? Yeah. I done a zinc. When we used to tiger up, I reckon you've... I reckon nah, I done, I done a bit of a zinc, but you got to be careful if you try that because if you get in your eye, it stinks for a bit as well. So, no, nah, you would want to do it like sort of more um, kind of along your face so it makes your fat face a little bit skinnier. Like David Bowie kind of stuff. David, or like um, Mel Gibson from um, Braveheart. Braveheart, sort of kind of that. And you know what? You can probably go even deeper and just go to wall paint and just intimidate the position... Even more, and maybe mash up the the problem before. So, scary face instead of fat face. Oh, but you know what? Everyone probably w- what thinks it's a lot worse than what it is. And you know, you know you're probably never going to look that good in water polo caps. No one looks good in water oh, polo well, caps. There's a few blokes. Oh yeah, right. Maz has got the head wobble on that going. <laughs> yeah, you're kidding. <laughs> but yeah, don't don't worry about about it too much. It's all good. But there is a reason why we used to never have caps on in the lineup. Yeah, that's true. Always caps off in the lineup. Well, I remember one mm. time, I, oh, Marin was missing from the lineup. I don't know, he was coming late. And I think someone, the story goes that someone went into the bathroom, he's there doing his hair before he jumps into the pool. Right. That, and it just sounds like Maz, you know. Right. He might have even tried to put a little like waterproof mascara on to get their blue eyes <laughs> popping a bit more and <laughs> hair done. So he looked at Mickey Mouse before, the, before the game. When he knew where the camera was. Always <laughs> knew where the camera was. <laughs> That should go into Maz's dating tips. <laughs> Always no, know no, where no, the camera is. Know your good angles. <laughs> well, I'm happy to provide uh, dating tips as a water bowl player, but you're probably not going to score much. <laughs> uh, that was a good tips, I think. Uh, we covered a lot. So, yeah. Uh, so, last segment Golden Gulp. Anything else you want to cover off, Marin? I feel you've got, after this coffee this morning, I reckon you've got some gold left in you. Mate, I've been really enjoying the water pool problems, so if people want to keep sending them, I'll uh, provide a solution. Uh, no, I, I'm pretty stoked. I, I, it feels like um, we're closer to watching some games. Uh, I was actually going to ask AJ, how's training been? and how's, is, it, is it weird seeing all the boys and swimming and what's doing? Uh, it's, it's actually been, you know, the first couple of sessions back have been so good to see everyone again you know obviously you miss that camaraderie with your mates but just to be back at the pool with, with most of the boys having a joke around is, is awesome the training hasn't been too hard you know we've just sort of been trying to ease back into it get the body used to swimming again but 
the gym has killed me because I'm hopeless in the gym. So, yeah, mate, to be back, it's been unreal and, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you look forward to seeing the boys every day. So Any rules? Um, I've seen some sports, uh, you're wearing gloves and is any protocols you got to use? Like, this is a serious question. No glove, no love. <laughs> that's, a, that's a protocol for everyone out there, mate. Um, no, just, I think the gym's never been so clean in uh, in ever. So, um, yeah, I think... Um, you know, we just like after you use a bit of equipment in the gym, you got to spray it, wipe it down, and then before the next person uses it, and obviously do the hand sanitizer thing. I think pretty much what everyone's doing in the workplace now. Yeah. So yeah, what in the pool? Anything different? In, in the, the pool, pool um, we've just been in lanes, so one person yeah. per lane. Um, so mainly it's just been like easy swimming. But we did a tiny bit of shooting the other day, and that was like just only two people shooting at the goal with the goalie. So it's really, really spread out and, you know, it's not like typical water polo training. It's more just swimming and stick to your own lane. No, wash riding. Can't jump on someone's feet and just uh, cruise along. Yeah, yeah, that used to be my specialty yeah. with all the right. fast that people. That would have suited your game, but no, <laughs> just staying in lane, what about, staying lane two lane. or three. What, you were I was just that far. That, He'd do the lawsy special, or, wouldn't he? Oh. He'd go defend at point, <laughs> point <laughs> attack at point. point. Lane four, <laughs> point to point. Tell you what, water polo problem, problems, uh, training, when you get one bloke on your feet and just touching your toes the whole time. Oh, they used to shit Who me. Who was a special for that? Uh, well, I was always at the back, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was you. So it was me that was, uh, you know, I didn't like it. And, and, and also, even the tumble turns when people, um, well, it was my, my fault. I, I couldn't tumble turn pretty straight. So when a tumble turn, I used to kind of go a bit to the side. So if people are on your feet, you end up just kind of uh, swimming into them. So that was that was a bit annoying. You meant to go on your side. You meant to go on, go from the left of the lane to the left of the lane, right? You meant to. Yeah, no, I was, I was not good in table <laughs> turns. <laughs> yeah, mate, that's still yeah. one of the things when we have swimming training, all the boys basically not fight about, but who's going to go first? Because obviously if you go first, it's always harder. You don't get yeah. that well yeah. pool. So I think um, I try and slip at the back. Now that I've gone a bit older, I try and slip in number in the place number two and, and at the front I don't love it too much. Well, you know, in the Olympics yeah. they talk about you can swim to the lane as well. You see sometimes they hug the lane to try to get a bit of wash. Uh, you can maybe try that. You know what's good about lane? Um and your brother was a special. Sorry, Nick. I used to do it as well. Is a backstroke pulling on the oh, lane yeah, rope. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. But it's worse when uh, uh when you got opposite and your fingers get jammed with someone in front yeah, of you doing it as well. It's <laughs> 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 good. Uh Les K, I remember um uh rest in peace, Les, but his special warm up was uh ten one hundreds uh I am. On 130 cycle. Yeah, coming in under 105. It's yeah. not possible. And it's like I warm up. That it. was a warm up. And I'm so yeah. stoked uh, when I did that. I was like, I had a lane rope because of the backstroke. I was just like, just hammering the lane rope across. Yeah, but old Uncle Les used to always say that you could do deep water turns. So it just meant you just turned earlier and earlier oh. and earlier. Mate, the best was um one day we we got I don't know the coach gave us a punishment overseas and we used to have some lazy blokes in the in our team in Hungary. Anyway, we one day we got smashed. We had to do forty two hundreds. Anyway, we I don't know why it was probably one of the most pointless things I've ever done. I was hate. I think Tyler talked about it. We were yeah. just hating life. Anyway, I remember <laughs> I remember doing it, and when I was doing it, some of the Hungarians would just go to the bottom of the pool, <laughs> just sit on the bottom of the pool. <laughs> Let the person do like a lap, okay, do the tumble turn, come back, and then jump off the bottom of the pool. Oh, That's probably why we conceded so many bloody counter attack goals oh. because they weren't <laughs> they weren't covering. I must admit, when I was a junior, like a really young, uh, a swimming pool back home, he had a 
it was like the the stairs, a bit like Leica. The stairs were like indented, so you used to kind of go in the high in the stairs for a bit and just like push off. Uni in New South Wales pool. We used to train there for like a Friday night, Saturday morning, and blokes would they'd be doing the swim set, and because at Friday night there'd be lots of people in the the other half of the pool. They'd duck under the pontoon, <laughs> go and have a little play in the other area, <laughs> and then twenty minutes later, just pop back underneath. The, the toilet yeah. check's always a good one. Now that I'm coaching, you know, when yeah. coaching, kids go to the Wii, uh, in like to well, during the swim set. It's like, yeah. oh, it's funny how you always yeah. need to do Wii when you're swimming, but not when we're doing shooting or extra man. You know, the oh, actually, that's a big issue mm. for me. Water polo issue as a coach, like. <clears throat> I think it's weird. Like, I had some kid come up to me one time and was like, oh, can I go to the bathroom? I'm like, oh, well, like, like, what do you need to do? He's like, oh, I just need to do a number one. I'm like, oh, mate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why, are you, yeah, like, why are you jumping out of the pool, brother? Just do it in there. Everyone else does it. And another big yeah. issue for me is just the etiquette. Even most of the boys in the Australian team is when you jump in, the first lap, you always stop at the end of the first lap. Just always. And you just, you know, if you've got relax, to you go. Yeah. yeah? Yep. I hate it when the coach goes, all right, boys, jump into 200 metres and majority of the team don't stop after that first lap. Oh, Shocking sorry. water polo yeah, etiquette. Shocking like etiquette. Twitter France, if yeah. someone stops, you got to stop as well, yeah. The, uh, I remember uh, one of my first overseas trip to Asia, Singapore, I was told that uh, they've got like, special chlorine in a, in a pool. So if you wee your arm, <laughs> everything goes red or like it changes colour. So I remember having to having to go to Wii and I was like, I didn't want to jump out of the pool because to me it was like, you'd be soft. So I was used to just do like a little one and just going to wait for a bit, wait for it to see if any colour is like a sweet. But then all the boys would be like, oh, what's the chlorine like? It was uh, coloured, so. If anyone listens to just the start and the end of this <laughs> podcast, they're just going to, we started with talking about toilet paper and we've ended talking about Wii's. Hey, it's, uh, it's a way to go, you um, these are the big issues. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> I don't think my mum's going to get as much out of this episode <laughs> as the other ones. Yeah, sorry, Janice. <laughs> well, I hope or well, I hope Newcastle gets a message. Get better toilet paper. That's my. That's a moral of this pod. Yep. Have you got any? Have you got anything to finish up with, Jim? Sorry, me and Asia were sort of a, we got a bit sidetracked. No, look, oh, you know, actually, one thing I was going to ask is National League next year. We were talking about lots of different changes. Awesome time to make changes. They got the opportunity because it's a weird environment at the moment. They could have done anything experimental. What's changed? Yeah, mate, to be from personal perspective, perfectly honest, I'm quite disappointed with how um, it's rolled out. I, I thought the, the November start for the National League was the best way to go just because, you know, the M1 Sydney comp at the moment, it's... Yeah, the intensity of it is, is not up to standard and I feel like it's hard to train, to stay motivated at training if you've got really those sort of those sort of not to be offensive to the New South Wales thing, but I just feel like a lot of the clubs aren't putting in a lot of the time and effort. And I feel like if the National League started then, you know, it would have given the players a lot more to train for and and I think the new structure of the National League where everyone plays in two pools and then splits at the end of the first or first round robin, I think that's the best idea that they've come up with a while. It's more games, harder games, and every game sort of counts. Like you have to win to make sure you finish in that top three. So and yeah, I just yeah, I wish that we sort of started in November, but obviously things haven't haven't gone that way. And I actually heard that you know some of the Australian men's team, I'm not sure about the women's team, is actually going to be travelling for three weeks during the year this this season. And if we want to put forward a good product, you have to have those players back home. It can't be can't be three weeks without the best players in the country no, totally. not playing the competition. And we're talking about trying to get trying to get games on TV. If you have the match of the round between. 
Dremoyne and Wests without the national team yeah. players, what kind of a product's that? I want to see, know, if, like if Joe's sponsored by Shimano, I want to see Shimano branding. I want to see Joe with a fishing rod walking around and then playing, slamming some bar down. So I don't want to see no sponsor Joe playing. So I agree. Yeah, like look, it's a shame it could have been something really good. I was even thinking about Like, Imagine Magic Round, right? So you've got the Australian Youth Water Polo Championships up in Brisbane, which I think is a brilliant initiative. Yeah, you've got cool. so many kids there. Imagine playing... Each club playing a night during that up in Brisbane. Yeah, right? mad. So you play the Dremoyne Balmain game on a Tuesday night at Valley Pool. You've got all of the Balmain Dremoyne juniors there already. Yeah. You play their games before it in the lead up to it. What an I reckon that's yeah, that's an, like a great idea as well. I do love playing the Australian games up there as well, but I think that's an awesome idea because you get to get a game a night and all the juniors are already there. It's easy to get to. Like that's yeah. an awesome idea as well. But you know what? In, in saying that, I said some pretty negative things, but you know, on a positive note, at least they're starting to look at different options yep. to change things. So that's a positive, and and hopefully the 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 ball keeps rolling with the change to to make the sport more attractive. Yeah, it's, it's, it just makes it hard when you got two different bodies trying to do the best thing for each other. Like you know, New South Wales Waterpolo's trying to do the best thing, provide the best product, and National League or Waterpolo Australia's trying to do the same thing. Which is, I understand that, but I think we mentioned we spoke about this in a the pod. They kind of need to work together and put what's best for athlete and also attracting the sponsors. Like I agree with you, AJ. Like I think. Um, summer comp, you know, because, you know, if you play for national team, you need break as well. Mm. So it's like a lot of clubs don't use summer comp with but their best how teams. How good could summer comp be? If you've got, now oh, you've yeah. got all the best, you've got all the best players playing in Sydney. So mm. it, almost all the national team are now based in Sydney if they're Australian based. You've got so many good teams within the space of three or four kilometres. How good could that tournament be? Mate, it'd be it'd be amazing, and, be unreal. And for a coaching point of view, we need juniors playing against best players. Mm. Like, is that's how you're gonna get better. Like, and not yeah, training's good, but not games is where you, you get tested. Interestingly enough, look, if the Olympics go ahead next year, there's going to be changes to its structure, right? One of them could be, and I heard the other day that they're looking at having athletes just come in for the shortest amount time possible right so water polo would come in you get in there the day before round one you leave straight after the final the best way to do that would be to condense it into a week tournament take out your rest days right makes for a much different competition if that is the case then we should be using these tournaments to prepare athletes for that you know like have consecutive have have a round for five six consecutive days so you get used to that kind of conditioning or Replicate a tournament. Yeah, I think uh, I think you guys probably know more than me, but I think Erkin even did something similar to that, where he made the the national league quarters a lot yeah. longer than yeah. what they were, and you know, uh, just as a result, just the fitness on on everyone, you know, improved. And obviously, you know, when you're in those clutch moments, a bit more pressure and stuff. So I think that was a good initiative for for them. But you know, just on on touching what you said before about you know, there's so many different organisations in water polo. For me, it's you know, there's too too many heads. It, you know, um, you wouldn't see Peter like Volandis, um walk going to New South Wales Rugby League 
and telling them to do something, then New South Wales League saying, do we more know we want to do this? Yeah, you know, totally. it just doesn't work. There's a lot of wasted resources. I think if we just had one person who rules a roost and everything cascaded down from that, I think it'd be a lot way easier to, to progress the sport forward because at the moment there's too many people pulling in different directions and I understand everyone wants to do what's in their best interest, but if we want the sport to grow, it's not going to grow if everyone does what's yeah. in their best yeah. interest and not the best interest yeah. of the sport. How good's Philandy's been for rugby league? Mate, it's it's uh, mate, it's been unreal. You know, it's back on, and everyone was laughing at him at the start yeah. when he said, "I'm going to yeah. get the league back by well, then." And now, yeah. like, mate, he's just absolutely. Apparently, um, it. this could be a joke, but apparently, he's trying to get a uh, Tyson Fury's fight in um, Bronze Bomber in Brisbane as well. How? No, 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 at Bank West. I read. Oh, it was at Bank West. I read it at Bank. Oh, mate, if it was better. there, mate, I'm 100. percent I'm getting oh, tickets. Yeah, unreal. Yeah, boys, let's wrap it up. This will be a good. long one. Well, not really. Uh, one twenty. Um, really, really fun this one. And thanks for coming, AJ. I hope you um, enjoyed the uh, coffee, Jimmy. They're good, solid good, as good always. Ideas. Good ideas from you today, man. <laughs> Mate, uh, see how that goes. We should have yeah. just an idea pod. Just brainstorm <laughs> some. I mean, obviously, AJ's got a few Mate, ideas. I think, I think you use this as the ideas <laughs> pod. You know what? Waterpolo Australia. No, Waterpolo Australia. New South Wales Waterpolo. Open up a casino. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs>